0: Good morning, Emmanuel. It's good to see you here this morning as we look back into the book of Proverbs. If you would take your Bible and turn right to the middle of the Bible, just past the book of Psalms. We've had several sermons already from this series in this book, which is a, a book about wisdom and how to apply wisdom to life. So we want to look at Proverbs chapter 2. And I'll be, begin reading in verse 1 of Proverbs chapter 2. Are you there? All right. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, If you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come understanding, come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield for those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Delivering you from the evil way, from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech. Let's pray. Father, we pray. We ask you to help us, Lord, to guard our hearts. We pray, Lord, that you will open our hearts to the truth. And Father, help us to long for and hunger for and thirst for the wisdom that you would give us today as we think of youth and what it means to be young. For some of us, it might be what it would mean to be young again. But Lord, we want to commit the children and youth, even who are present here today, that you will open their hearts to the truth, that they will long to know you. And Father, we pray that you will bless your word as we seek you together today. We pray that you'll help us. In Jesus' name, amen. As we've heard over the past several weeks, the book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. It's not just a book about wisdom. It is that. It is a book about the wisdom of God. But more than that, it is a book is, which is itself the wisdom of God. As we look, it doesn't matter where in the Bible we read, we are reading the wisdom of God. So we don't want to focus out and say, well, Proverbs is the wisdom of God, but what about the rest of it? No, the word of God is the wisdom of God. And God gives us his word to instruct our hearts and to feed our souls and to bring us to that place of faith as faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That includes the book of Proverbs, doesn't it? As we read Proverbs, then we are looking to learn of the Lord and his wisdom and what he will do in our hearts today. Now what I want to do first is I want to, I want to see who I'm preaching to. So listen, if you are here this morning under the age of 19, let's say you're between 1 and 18, would you raise your hand? Oh, wow. Between 1 and 18, raise your hand. These are the youth and the children in this congregation. Praise the Lord. Okay, you can put your hands down. Now, if you are over the age of 18, but you used to be under 18... Would you raise your hand? Oh, bunches of us. Now, those of you who did not raise your hand, I don't know about you because we just covered everybody. (laughs) But you adults, we adults, we old folks, did you see all those who raised their hand on the first go-round, those who are young? The children and youth of, of Emmanuel. We praise God for these. We praise God and... We treasure their lives. And do you see that the parents of these children, you parents, because I'm going to be addressing you two today, not just the youth, not just the children, but the parents, you are primarily responsible for the lives, humanly speaking, you are responsible for the lives that God has given to you to oversee, to nurture, to cherish, to shepherd. But we as a church have a part in that, don't we? We as a church are looking out for one another, We as a church want to encourage our parents as you are raising your children in the Lord. Praise the Lord. My task this morning is to preach from this word, and we're going to jump around to other passages in the book of Proverbs, on the subject of youth. I am not the most qualified to speak on the subject of youth, except that I have lived through my youth, and the Lord has been gracious to me through my youth and now through adulthood and to my old age. And I can at least say this, I am qualified to speak to those who are young to say, sometimes you wanna think about tomorrow and oh, I wish tomorrow would come. Or I wish I was a year older. Or I I wish that I was a foot taller which will take a while to get there for some of you. I used to say that, but I don't say that anymore. Because life is short. And you who are young don't yet believe that. You don't really realize it, but life is short. And life is a gift of God, and so take advantage of every day of your youth. And you who are old like me, we need to remember this. Jesus said that unless you are converted and become as Little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, for a young heart that would be simple and not complicated by all the complexities of life and of the doubts that life may have brought our way. A bit of review of what we have heard so far. Pastor Ryan showed us that the fear of the Lord is like the magnet of the heart to which the pithy statements of God's word will be drawn to, and that fear will bring us to reverence him as we rejoice that he who could destroy us is the one who wants to save us and does save us. Pastor Johnny taught us that God has given us a path that leads to flourishing, a divine and natural and moral order that is the way of life. And this includes his gift of sexual intimacy. To treat that gift with unfaithfulness and adultery is the way of death. Pastor Jones spoke to us from his heart about fatherhood and the call to cultivate an atmosphere of tenderness and compassion in the home and to instruct his children by the word of God that they would embrace lady wisdom and turn away from lady folly and to affirm the co-equal authority of the mother in the working out of the call to nurture and instruct the children in the Lord. Pastor Donnie taught us that the work of a heart that honors the Lord is a heart that pursues righteousness and kindness and is rewarded by finding life and righteousness and honor. Pastor Jeff last week showed us the opportunities for good And for reflecting the goodness of the Lord and how we share our financial blessings with others. And to seek after the greatest treasure of being loved by the Lord and loving the Lord with all of our heart. Today we take up the topic of youth. What does it take for a young life to flourish? Not just now. Not just today, but for all eternity. I have three points, of course. The first one is, what? The question of what? What are the clear commands of the Lord for youth to obey? The second point goes with it. How? How to get that heart, to get to that place of obedience? And the third point is this, who? Who will help us and who will enable us to live such a life for the glory Of the Lord. The reason I want us to really focus on the how and the who is because if we're not careful, what we'll do, what I'm liable to do, is say, here's here's the list of rules, young folks. Here's the list of things that you've got to do, youth. Listen to what I have to say, listen to what your parents have to say. Here's the list. Just do this. Just do this and things will turn out well. And sometimes we won't say much about the how. How can I live that kind of life? How can I obey the word and the commands of my parents? How can I obey the word of the Lord? It's important for us to think not only of here's what to do and here's what not to do, but how and who will help me first. Point number one. What are the clear commands of the Lord for youth to obey? And we've heard some of these over the last several weeks. But the first one is in chapter one, Proverbs one and verse eight. Hear my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. The first thing is that we must listen. You who are young, you must listen. Listen to what mom and dad say. Listen to what your father and mother teach. Listen to the instruction of the Lord. Through the ones that God has given you to love you and to nurture you and to shepherd you, listen and honor them by listening and hearing what they say. Chapter 6. Chapter 6. What are the clear commands of the Lord? Chapter six, beginning in verse 20. My son, keep your father's commandments and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is a light. And the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Sometimes we, whether we're old or young, we would want to draw back from the disciplines of the Lord and not see them as that, what, are the way of life. And yet we are to listen to our father and mother's commands. We are to hear what they say. We are to keep what they tell us. We're not to forsake the teaching of our mother or our father. And what are we to do? Bind them on your hearts. Tie them around your neck. Now that's an odd way to put it, but do you see what God is calling us to is to keep those things close, to adorn ourselves with the commands that the Lord gives to mom and dad to put a necklace around our neck and a belt around our waist and a shirt on our back that will remind us, wear them like our clothing, wear them like jewels, wear them like something that we have close by. And the instruction that we're to listen to not only are the positive things that we are to do, we're to listen and then we are to keep, but also it is the negative things that we are to avoid. Back to chapter one and verse 10. Proverbs 1 and 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. There will be those who come into our lives, they're around us everywhere, who would want to entice us. Entice us to do what? To rebel against the Lord, to go our own way, to rebel against mom and dad, to disregard what they say, to disregard the word of the Lord. They will entice us, but what are we to do? We're to avoid that. Do not consent to what they say. Do not consent to how they try to draw us into their foolishness. In chapter 7, in the context of being kept from the perverse, the strange, the forbidden woman, in Proverbs 7, beginning in verse 24, And now, O sons, listen to me, and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths, for many a victim has she laid low. and all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, to the grave, to death, going down to the chambers of death. We are to be told, and we are told, in the Word of God and through the mouths of our parents, those who love us, might be grandparents, uncles and aunts, those who care for us and shepherd our souls. They tell us, these are the good things to do. Son, daughter, these are the things you ought to do and you can do, you must do. And these are the things to avoid. These are the things to turn away from. We are to be listening. We are to be listening. What are the clear commands of the Lord? Yes, do these, and yes, avoid that. In Proverbs 29, finally, as we just think about what are some of the clear commands of the Lord. Verse 3, we read of two possible paths and two inevitable outcomes. He who loves wisdom makes his father glad, but a companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. Jesus once gave a parable to the effect that there was a man who had two sons. In Luke chapter 15, you're familiar with it. The youngest son no longer wanted to be under the authority of his father. He no longer wanted to stay at home. He no longer wanted to listen to what others had to say. He said, I'll live my own life, so give me my inheritance. And the father gave him his inheritance and he went out and it says that through riotous and foolish and rebellious and sinful living, he squandered all that the father had given him. He squandered his opportunities. He squandered his hope. He squandered his goods. He squandered his life. And at the end of it all, it says that he went back. He crawled back. He had lost his pride. He had lost everything. Except he didn't lose his dad. Because his dad loved him. And praise God that even when there is a failure, even when there is foolishness that we'll read about and think about in just a minute that's bound up into the heart of a child or a youth, there's grace and mercy with the Lord, isn't there? We could go to dozens of other passages and just think about what are the clear and concise commandments of the Lord. And list them by the dozens. But you get the picture. The commands of the Lord that He gives us through His Word and through moms and dads, those who care for us, pretty much they're very clear. This is the good way. Walk in the good way. As the pastors before me have already said, the book of Proverbs is a book of Proverbs. It says, these are the general ways that God has given us. This is the real world that we live in. If you will walk in this way, you will walk toward the light. You will walk toward what is true. You will plant the seed of the word in your heart. Then generally things will go well for you. If you refuse that and don't listen and turn your heart toward what is foolish and what is rebellious and what is selfish and what is self-centered, saying with your life and your words and your attitudes, that I'll be my own boss. I'm smart enough to do it. Things won't go so well. Generally speaking. So could we just stop there and just say, here's, here's the list. I'll give you a list. Maybe you can email me and I'll give you a list of good verses out of Proverbs. Do this. And don't do that. Embrace this. Put this and tie it around your neck. It's good for you. But that other stuff, get away from it. We could say that. We could approach it that way and say, that's enough, just do it. But how? How can you, as wherever you are in life, seven years old or 12 years old or 16 years old. 16 seems to be a special age. And everybody wants to be 16. I think I was saved when I was 16. Praise the Lord. But how? How can we live this life? How can we do those things? How can we avoid that which is dangerous? That was deadly, that which is deadly to us. I read a sermon by a pastor named Jeff German yesterday. Somebody happened to give me a little booklet with a sermon in it at Tuesday school. We, we got a big pile of stuff at Tuesday school a couple of weeks ago. For the most part, I think, what is this stuff? But I just happened to pick it up, and I'm glad that I did. There was this man named Jeff, and there were his wife and at least two or three children and youth and their family. He said that one one of the things they do is they divvy up all the chores in the household. Some of you all do that in your household. And they divvy up the chore of washing the dishes. And nobody in that family liked to wash the dishes. How many of you all love to wash dishes? I want to see your hands. I see a hand there and I see a hand there. There's another one over there. Three people in this whole place. I see another one. Well, nobody in that family liked to wash the dishes. And so they would say, inevitably, it comes down to somebody says, mom or dad says, it's time to wash the dishes. And it's your turn. And they would say something like, do I have to? Do I have to do that, Mom? Do I have to do that, Dad? And it might not be washing the dishes. It could be mowing the grass, or it could be washing the car, or it could be doing the homework, or it could be avoiding something that you ought not to do. Do I have to? And they had a saying in that family that said, If you don't want to, you have to. But if you want to, you get to. I like that. If life were just that simple, how do we get to the want to? That's the question. How do we get to the want to? First, there's that listening we've already talked about. We're in point number two. How can we get to the obedience part? First, what were the clear commands of the Lord for youth? Point number two is how do we get to that obedience part? Okay, I see the list of do this and don't do that, but how do I get to the want to part? How do I get to, I want to obey what my mom and dad say. I want to obey the word of the Lord. I want to obey that which is good and that which will honor the Lord. I want to do that. How do we get to the want to, to the obedience part? First, there's a listening, but for that to work, there's got to be a teaching and a receiving. It's not enough just to, well, there's somebody that's been provided by the Lord, a mom, a dad, a grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, who will teach me and I need to listen. So there's two parts to that. There's a teaching and there's a listening. There's a teaching and there's a receiving. And it's right here that I want to take a little rabbit trail, but it's not really a rabbit trail. It's right here in the book of Proverbs. Turn with me to chapter 22. The most famous verse in the book of Proverbs when it comes to thinking about uh, youth and Children and teaching and looking for results. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 is a famous verse. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I say that this is a famous verse. Some of you have read it and memorized it. Some of you moms and dads, you have memorized this verse from before your children were born, and some of you youth have heard this verse, read to you, and said, see, right there it says in the Word, this is what I'm going to train you, and you're going to receive it, and it's going to work. This is a famous verse for giving hope. Well, if... If we do this, if we train up the child in the way that it should go, then there's a real hope that in the end it'll turn out that way, that well. So there's hope in this verse. It's famous for that. It's also famous as a punch in the gut when things go wrong. It's also famous in that way. When you... Get to later on, after the years of youth, and into adulthood and you see a child that instead of walking toward the Lord is walking away from the Lord. What do you do then? One of the most painful experiences for a believer is to love and nurture your child. Hoping and praying for life and godliness to be manifested in that young man or that young woman. But to see the years go by, and instead of tenderness toward the Lord being displayed in their words and actions, you see a hardness of heart and turning away from the Lord. And sometimes the pain of that could be in the imagined criticisms that you think, what do people think? What do my fellow church members think? Well, dad or mom must have been a failure. Or maybe they neglected their kids. Maybe they didn't read the word of God to them. Maybe they didn't pray for them. Because it says in Proverbs 22, Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. What happened? Maybe they didn't get sent to the right Christian school. Maybe they didn't memorize enough verses. Maybe mom or dad didn't give as good of an example as they should have given. I hope and pray that that's never the case here. And I can say I have experienced myself grace and mercy from my brothers and sisters here as I have walked in that path myself, Joy and I, walking in that path ourselves. And then there are the accusations of the devil who says, see, you believed that? See what kind of parent you are? You don't measure up. Where is God now? Where is he now? But the Lord's not done yet. And even if the years have gone by, and even if there doesn't seem to be signs, the Lord is not done yet. And so we go on believing. We go on praying. We go on asking. We go on seeking. We go on planting seeds. That's what we do. The day of mercy and salvation are not over. Praise God. So back to our verse chapter 22 and verse 6. I think there's something more going on here than what we read in these English translations. Not that I speak many other languages, but the English Bibles, almost all of them say it this way. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. If you, dad, and mom are faithful to train up Children, in the way they should go, this is, this is to paraphrase that, when they're old, they'll still be on that path. So train them up in the way they should go. That sounds like in the way that God would have them go, train them up in that way. And so then we can say when that doesn't seem to be the reality in my family or in our children, We can say, well, we chalk that up to the fact that these are proverbs and they're generally true, but not always true. And that that is right. There are observations in the Bible that show us that it's not always, it doesn't always turn out this way. Solomon was the wisest man of his time. Solomon wrote these proverbs, he was the wisest man of his day, and he raised a fool his son, lost ten-twelfths of the kingdom just a few years after Solomon died. How does that happen? Hmm. The Proverbs are generally true and show us general truth. They're generally the way it works in life. In chapter uh, 16... Of the book of Proverbs, it says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. What man pleased the Lord more than any other? The Lord Jesus. The Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And were the Lord's enemies at peace with him? No, they were not. They opposed him. They lied about him. They spit upon him. They beat him. They whipped him. They hung him on a tree to die. But generally speaking, if a man or a woman's ways please the Lord, even their enemies are at peace with him. So we could chalk this, our verse, Proverbs 22, 6, to generally that's true. And I believe generally that is true. But there's something else going on with this verse. You Bible students out there, some of you are youth and some of you are older. What is one of the first things that we think about when we're reading a passage of Scripture And we want to mine the truth out of it. There's a word, you Tuesday school students, where are you? What's the word that we think about? Say it out loud. Context. There it is. My wife Joy is a Tuesday school student. And so the context, first of all, of this scripture, of this text itself, Says the word should is in there. It says in English, train up a child in the way he should go and even when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Well, I've done a little research and the word should or the idea of should, this should happen, train the way he should go is is not in the text. It's in English because it's been supplied, but in Hebrew, it's not in there. The idea actually in the language in Hebrew is the, the idea of if a child is trained up in, in his way, it doesn't say in the way he should go, it says in his way. In his way. If he's trained up, if he begins in his way, chances are when he's old he'll not depart from it. The word train is, can be trained. It actually is sort of dedicate or start or begin this way. Train up a child. Begin a child in this way. I looked up some folks who paraphrased or translated this into English. But with this idea in mind, not with supplied words, but just what does it say? One said... This way, this is a paraphrase, let a boy do what he wants and he'll grow up to be a self-willed adult incapable of change. Another said, train up a child according to his evil inclinations and he will continue in his evil way throughout life. I thought, well, those are far off from me, so I want to ask somebody closer by. So I asked somebody who knows more about Hebrew than I do, and that would be Pastor Johnny Atkinson. I'm so glad we still have Johnny Atkinson right here, close by. So I said, Johnny, I asked him, what does that that verse actually say? What does that passage, how does it read? And this is his own translation. It's not copyrighted yet, so I can use it. He says, dedication of a youth according to his way, and whenever he grows old, he will not give it up. And I'm quoting Pastor Johnny, as he said, generally this seems to be more a verse of warning, not a verse of promise. It's warning us, if you let your child go his own way, in the way that's naturally in his heart, that's the way he'll generally wind up. That's, that's the way it works in the book of Proverbs, Right? generally speaking, if you let your child go his own way, it's going to be hard for him to give it up when he gets old. Now the converse of that is also true then. So even the way we read it in our English Bibles is also true. If we instead of doing that, if we instead train up, raise up, dedicate, begin our children in the way of the Lord, yes in the way that they should go, then generally speaking that will turn out there's more of a chance of it turning out well that way instead of intentionally saying, no, just go your own way, kid, and do what you want to do. No, we want to do, we want to train them up. We want to dedicate them from the start in the ways of the Lord, in the ways that are good, in the ways that they should go, yes. And generally speaking, there will be, it seems like more of an opportunity then for them to learn and to have the seed of faith planted in their hearts. So that's, that's right in keeping with our, with our passage. And there are biblical examples of that, aren't there? The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, a young man in the faith, and he said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. And then he went on to write, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation. We want our children to be wise for salvation. We want our youth to be wise for salvation. We're not thinking about, let's all get into the book of Proverbs and let's learn some wisdom and let's give some wisdom to our kids so that they'll be liked by all their peers. We want the wisdom of God to result in you being wise for salvation. To have the wisdom of God planted in your hearts that you will want the things of the Lord. Not just so you can pass a test. Not just so you can impress the rest of us. But so that you'll be saved and given new life by and through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that happened in Timothy's life. And where were the seeds planted? His grandmother and his mother. Praise the Lord. So we're we're still looking at this how question. How? How can youth get to this obedience part? How can a young man or a young woman be in the place of not just hearing the command, here's the list, do this, do this, and don't do that. Not just hearing those commands, but of gladly obeying the command of the Lord. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. And that verse goes side by side with 22.6, doesn't it? Listen, receive, accept instruction and advice that you may gain wisdom in the future. There's a path we're going on. How do we get to that place? Now turn back to our text that I read at the very first this morning. Chapter 2. Here's how. Here's how. You ready? It says, this receiving of the instruction of the Lord is not a passive, laid back. Just kind of drift along and it'll happen. Chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you receive my words... And treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. Stop there. It's not not just drift along, is it? What, What are the words he uses? What are the action words here? Treasure them up, receive them, make your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Look at chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, Proverbs 3 and 1, and following. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandment for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake it. Don't let that happen. Hold to them. Reach out and grab them and don't let them forsake you. Don't let them slip through your hands. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. This is not just, well, let let me hear and listen for a while and it'll go in one ear and out the other. No, bind them on your heart. Write them on your heart. Tie them around your neck. Grab hold of them and don't let them go. How do we... How do we come to that place of glad obedience to the word of the Lord? Do these things. And then verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. These are action words. These are things that we don't just sit back and say, well, hopefully it'll happen. I'll just breeze through life and see if it comes out okay. I'll just, I'll listen a a bit, I'll listen. And hopefully it'll soak in. No, he says, we've got to take hold of it. We've got to grab hold of it. Young people, if you're 15 or five or 18 or 16 or 12, You've got some action to do. It's not just listening. Do this. Avoid that. It is writing that on your heart. It is grabbing hold of it and not letting it go. And back in chapter two, I read, it is raising your voice. Isn't that what he said? If you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, it's as if we are to Yell into heaven, God, give me that kind of a heart. I need that kind of, not just instruction, but I need a heart to receive the truth. Raise your voice. Pray to the Lord, God, I have to have that. I must have that. I long for that. I thirst for that. If you are here and you struggle sometimes with here's what is right and good and you should do this. Here's what is wrong and dark and tends toward death. Avoid that and you find yourself apathetic toward that, and you find that you're not really as concerned as you ought to be about those positive things or negative things, what should you do? You should ask God, God, help me. I must have a heart that says, I long for what honors the Lord, and I want to obey His voice. On through. Chapter 2. What's the key? Verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. We go to the Lord. And ask him. We go to the Lord and believe that he will provide what's lacking in my heart. We go to the Lord, young ones, and we say, Lord, help me. I'm so young and inexperienced. Lord, help me. Write these things on my heart, Lord. I don't know how to write them on my heart. Bind them around my neck, Lord. I don't know how to bind them around my neck. Call out and raise your voice. To the Lord. It's a matter of the heart. So what if. Our hearts. Don't really want. To be inclined. To the ways of the Lord. What if our hearts don't want to be written on. Just now. Back to the context. Of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22, it says this, in verse 15, Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Have any of y'all ever found that to be true? I was once a child, and I was a foolish child. I was born that way. Folly was not only found in my heart, it was bound to my heart. And that was true with everybody in this room. Folly, that word means foolishness, is bound up in the heart of a child. That's what the Lord says about our hearts. Even when we're young, without the Lord, foolishness and folly and that which tends toward rebellion and darkness lives right here. Sometimes we might be able to fake The obedience, it looks like obedience, but it's not from the heart. Back to our family with their dishes, and you three or four, I'll sign you up after this is over. Who like that dishwashing? They would say, it's time for this child, it's your turn, it's time for you to wash the dishes. Do I have to do the dishes? Mom and dad says, if you don't want to you have to if you want to you get to and the child deep down inside the youth is saying I don't want to but then maybe one might be tempted to say and to think through in their heart and their little mind or big mind might be very sharp mom didn't say Mom said this, wash the dishes. Mom didn't say I had to use soap. I'll just rinse them off. Mom said wash the dishes. But she didn't say wash all the dishes. So I'll wash the forks and the spoons and the plates, but I won't wash the bowls and the cups and the saucers. Mom said wash the dishes, but she didn't specify whether I should wash the inside and the outside. So I'll just wash the outside. I hope no but I hope I haven't given anybody any ideas. <laughs> wash both. If mom says wash the dishes that means inside and out. If dad says wash uh, wash the car it means hubcaps, tailpipe, bumper, windows, fenders, doors, it means all of it. If dad says, don't go near the immoral woman, stay far away from her. Six feet away is not far enough. And you and I all know all those things. Even even the heart of an adolescent or youth or an adult who's not yet beating for the Lord you know partial obedience is disobedience. Purposely just saying, well, I'll fake it and I'll partially obey because it looks good. That's disobedience. That's disregarding what the Lord has said. That's disregarding what mom or dad has said. It's a matter of the heart. Proverbs 23 verse 12 says apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. Verse 15 and 16 of Proverbs 23 says, my son, if your heart is wise, my heart too will be glad. And then beginning in verse 17 of chapter 23, let Not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all the day. Surely there is a future, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise, and direct your heart in the way. But how can I have such a heart? One time some people came to Jesus and said, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? What is the greatest commandment of the law? And you know what Jesus didn't say? Jesus didn't say, wash the dishes. Well, that's not in the law anyway. But he didn't even say, um, train up a child in the way he should go and he won't depart from it. And he didn't even say, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. As important as those commandments are. What did he say? You shall love the Lord your God. With all your heart. And with all your soul. And with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. All your Heart. If you would know deep down inside that your greatest need is to have a heart like that, a heart that would love the Lord and gladly obey Him, a heart that would be hungry and thirsty for the ways that are right and good, And full of faith and overflowing with love and mercy. And that's what the Lord expects of us and wants for us. Young man, young woman. I say to you that that kind of heart cannot be found by just trying harder. There's a room full of people right here who've tried harder for years and years and years. And it's not yet produced in any one of us a heart that will really gladly obey the Lord and long for the ways of God. A heart like that only comes from the Lord. Only from the Lord. We read a great promise in Ezekiel 36 where the Lord says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will take the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a new heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. This is the greatest need of every one of us, young or old. I'm addressing the youth today. If you have a heart that doesn't really want to, doesn't really want to, I don't want to really follow the ways of the Lord. If I could, I will fake my way through so I won't bring down too much pressure. That's not the way to live. And you know it in your heart. It's no way to live that's not what the word of the Lord is teaching us today. Cry out for a new heart. Make it noisy. Make it a a struggle that's open and honest. Call out to the Lord and say, Lord, I need that kind of heart because I don't have it. Call upon the name of the Lord. To call is to say it out loud, Lord, I need you and I need that new heart. And the one who gives new hearts I believe will give it to one who seeks after him. So what do we do to do in light of all this? Call out to the Lord. Pray to the Lord. Seek the Lord. Be honest with yourself and with the Lord. Lord, I need that new heart. Moms and dads, what are we to do? who have sown seeds of the word and as yet they're still unheeded, keep on sowing. Keep on speaking. Keep on living as an example to your kids, to your youth, and believe that God is the one who will intervene and God is the one who will restore and God is the one who will give a new heart. Proverbs 23, 26 says this, My son, give me your heart. Have you given your heart and your life and your all to the Lord? You do that by faith. You say, Lord, here I am and I see. Oh, what a need I have. Lord, give me a new heart. Whether you're old or young, that's what you need more than anything else. Call on the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your mercy, your grace today. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us. Oh, Lord, help these young ones who have such opportunity here, such opportunity with moms and dads who love them, who would instruct them. Lord, I pray, we pray that if your word has touched a heart today, many hearts today that that would say, I know that I don't have that want to in my heart. I don't have that kind of heart that wants to uh, gladly obey the Lord, that wants to gladly follow Jesus, that wants to gladly trust in Him, Lord, we pray that You would take out that stony, cold heart and give a living heart that would beat for Jesus. We pray You do that now in Jesus' name. Amen.